mode. We'll Let's get do the it. show. Let's get the and it's a bumpy road that we're yeah. getting this show on because as we discussed before the show started, we're both so fucking tired. Yeah. Dude, I'm so tired. It hurts so bad. I might be more stoned than tired. I'm not stoned. I I uh now that I've gotten through sober October, I'm really trying to relegate any pot smoking to the weekends, uh, if I do it at all. Like last weekend, I did get high on Saturday night, and that was that. But um, yeah, really trying to just keep myself together. But at the same time, there's nothing I want more because I am so tired. Like that Beatles song, I am the walrus. Subman, Subman Marine, Submarine Sub-man Man, Marine. Tambourine Man. No, Tambourine. <laughs> Yellow Submarine is Beatles. Tax Man is Beatles. Tambourine Man is Bob Dylan. And uh, Submarine Man is not anything. You've made that up entirely. Submarine <laughs> Man is... Is the um, nickname of Jared. But um, Damn it, I was going to say it was my superhero that I made off of uh, Hoagie's. Okay, well, I do have some superhero news that just dropped that you may or may not be aware of that I do want to discuss. Madam Web. Not Madam Web. Um, Looks terrible. Yeah, it's so funny. I I can't believe the conversation of like, I it's amazing how little I care about superheroes now. It's fucking crazy. When when that trailer was over, I said out loud to no one. I can't believe I watched that whole thing. And I'm not even <laughs> talking about the movie. <laughs> Dude, it's like, it's, I'm so fucking tired. But um, real quick, at Hot Property Pod on all the things. Let's yeah, this get is Hot it. Property. My name is Steve Richards. My name is Dan Scully. And speaking of people named Richards, Pedro Pascal is officially Reed Richards in Fantastic Four. No way. And I gotta say, I love him. I like the idea. I I, I don't see it. I just don't. I mean, I'm sure he'll do fine, but like, it's such an uninspired choice compounded by the fact that I don't fucking care about the MCU at all anymore. <laughs> I know, but like, even this should get me excited. It, like, it's, it's all the it's ingredients. not what, doing it for me. It's the most confounding thing because I like Pedro Pascal. I think he's a fine enough choice for Reed Richards. But something about it, when I saw that news, I didn't go, oh, or ah. I just went, huh. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> here's the thing, too, is that apparently Loki season two is getting good reviews. And I just don't give a shit still. I don't, don't care. care. I like I'm going to wait until I can stream the Marvels for free or cheap. Because I might I'm not, not even stream it when it. it's free. Well, the thing is, like, it might be fine. I've I've heard that it's a lot of fun. And, like, you know, uh, it's probably better than, uh, than Ant-Man Garbage Mania was. But uh, I, I, you know what I think is actually fueling my disappointment? For a while there, um, Dev Patel was in talks to play reed richards and that's a choice that i think is very inspired that would be good and i think he would be great but pedro pascal it's like i don't know it just feels like oh cool the star of everything is gonna be in this new movie and it's eh, okay (laughs) you know like i just and i like him but i just yeah don't he he was oversaturated (laughs) for a bit too yeah, and and I and he seems like a good dude, and he like deserves all the fame he's getting, and he's an incredibly talented actor. But uh, I don't know. You can't star in everything. 
Um, there's a headline here. I'm just going to change the subject almost completely. That's there's fine. I don't care about superheroes anymore. On deadline, because I had to look up for myself with my own eyes. Um, young Sheldon cast reacts to news that series is ending with season seven. Um, I didn't realize that show had been going on for that long. Who let that? Who let the show go on for that long? Just this morning, I found out that it was still going on because, like, I've I wouldn't watch it because no. I would I would rather have tumors on on my eyeballs every than time... ever watch such fucking dog shit. But I saw a link today that apparently in Young Sheldon, two of the main characters meet as children, but canonically in the Big Bang Theory theory actually meet until they're adults and so the fans are in an uproar um every time that that show is accidentally on the tv Mm. my urge to destroy my television increases like ten thousand fold i would rather go to family therapy with jada pinkett smith than even think about any big bang theory shit it like my hell is watching the Big Bang Theory on repeat. It's it's so good. We're so negative today. It's not comedy. It's like what'd you say you click glitched out? It's not comedy. No, it's just ne- it's mentioning things. It is, it's like this is what I here's my theory. Get the tinfoil hats out. This is your big bang theory theory. This is my big bang theory theory. This is my <laughs> big big bang theory theory. You know how like AI is very prominent in the news today and everyone has access to it yeah i think that the big bang theory was mostly written with the ai beta program that only uh the programmers developers and hollywood who hired them to create these programs i think that the big bang theory was a beta test and because it was very well received from the audience it just kept going and it kept going and it kept going and now, like, well, I guess AI works. Let's let's devote it to the public. I honestly, I I think you're you're actually right. When I was in mass media class in high school, we learned. And now this is, you know, this was you probably, went to school in Massachusetts. No, 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 no. I went to school in Marlton, New Jersey. So mass worse. media, and uh, but mass media, we learned. And now this was in the heyday of like broadcast television, meaning you tuned into stuff, you didn't demand it, so it was just you had to adjust the rabbit ears. You had to adjust the rabbit ears. You had to tune in your sprucer. But um, one of the things that they that they we learned about was this thing called uh, LOP, which networks engaged in, and LOP stood for least lots of ob- penis, lots of penis. No, least objectionable programming. And so the idea was, we don't want a show necessarily that causes you to tune in. We want a long string of shows that you don't tune out. And so that's why, like, uh, well, no, like, meaning, like, let's say I tune into, uh, you know, like, like they would always like put a new show that they're testing after an established show. So let's say Friends, an established show that's a hit, is on at eight. The goal was we could put something in the eight thirty slot that doesn't have to be good, but just has to be watchable enough that you don't turn it off. And so the idea, (laughs) exactly, which actually stars a guy from my high school, uh, who also played the, um, the gay restaurant owner that the gang regularly tries to take to strip clubs. He's a Marltonian. And, um, 
but yeah and so that's the idea is like we don't want to hit you with all this good stuff because then we've got to live up to that we hit you with one good thing and then we keep you from changing the channel until the news at 11 yeah and so i think that as we've gotten into uh like demanding stuff and binging stuff the name of the game is no longer like the the getting you to tune in is no longer an issue all they need to do now is have something that's good enough not to turn off when you're binging and things like that. And I think that Big Bang Theory falls right into that era between broadcast and on demand where like it was just popular enough to get people to tune in. But now it exists solely as you just don't turn it off. Yeah. Now me, I turn it off because I'm a man of class. But most people go, oh, yeah, it's on. It's kind of funny. And they just passively watch it and that's why things like young sheldon have been on for what'd you say seven years seven seasons seven seasons it's because people go oh i recognize sheldon and then it's just on and it doesn't have to be good it just has to be recognizable and i think it's the it's quintessential least objectionable programming also the fact that it's been going on for seven years inherently means that the show should no longer be called young sheldon yeah, it should be at least adolescent Sheldon. Yeah, adolescent Sheldon. Young adult Sheldon. Not so young Sheldon if you wanted to be, you know, a little more fun with it. See, I want I want old and terminal Sheldon. That's a show I'm tuning into because A, it's got an end. Yeah. B, I get to watch Sheldon suffer and die. Yeah. And C, it'll probably be a drama which I will find funny. Then the comedy comes out for me. So yeah, old and terminal Sheldon is the show for me. Old and Terminal Sheldon coming Old to coming to Sheldon. NBC this fall or CBS. He just he says CBS. Bazinga and then he coughs up blood and everyone's like, oh, that's not good. And he's like, ah, oh, you get used to it, Bazinga. And then he coughs up more blood. Now hand me another cigarette. See. Yeah, hand me another cigarette, Bazinga. <coughs> Bazinga. Hey, do you guys remember Game of Thrones? And then like the crowd, like the 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 uh, uh, canned laughter crowd laughs. And then they go, oh my god, he's he's gone glassy eyed. Call a nurse, and they you know bring a busty nurse in, and she wiggles her titties a little. That this is the show. Why well, no? And then he's like, remember Game of Thrones? Let's hope this ends better than that. <laughs> and then they turn the volume down on the laugh track. Yeah. And then the the chesty nurse comes in, and I yeah. think her name is actually going to be Chesty. Let's see the chesty nurse. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Fucking Big Bang Theory sucks. It's the worst show on television, and it's the just, fact just trash. Um. The only good thing it's ever given us was uh, what's her name, Mayim Balak or whatever her name her name is Jeopardy host. I say I don't think that gave she was Blossom for a long time. I forgot about that. I always because <laughs> she looks so different. Well, yeah, because she was a child then, and now she's a grown woman. She was, she was a young, uh, what the hell is her name? I always mess it up. But Blossom? No, or the actress. Oh, Mayim Bialik. She was young Mayim at that point. Young Mayim, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, she was, she was famous long before Big Bang Theory. I forgot and about now, that. Yeah, so uh, Big Bang Theory has done nothing to uh, progress the species in any turn. In nope. fact, one could argue that it hinders it. Oh, you know what? I will say this. Um, I, I will say one good thing about Big Bang Theory 
is that I think Jim Parsons and Simon Helberg and the rest of the cast are legitimately talented people who are doing wonders trying to elevate material that can barely be called material. Um, yeah. I've seen them both show up in other things, and there's no denying that they are uh, very talented comedically and very talented performers. Uh, Simon Helberg shows up in a Cohen brothers movie the serious man which is like top tier yeah like Cohen brothers movie. and he's great in it and um you know and he's really great and like so it's like they're definitely talented people but i think it speaks to how shitty the writing is on that show that even these talented people who are giving their all can't elevate it above absolute dog shit so Jim if Parsons anybody was in that movie about aids that was really good you're gonna need to be more specific yeah, he's been in about two movies with about AIDS, I think, at this point. Um, but it was uh, with Mark he was Ruffalo. In Philadelphia. Mark Ruffalo was in it. It was an HBO movie, The Something Heart. Oh, The Normal Heart. The Normal Heart. I didn't see that. It was good. It looked good. It looked good. I like Ruffalo. I mean, I, he's not ruffling my feathers. You know what I mean? I'll tell you what. If you see the the upcoming Yorgos Lanthimos film, Poor Things, uh, I'll go ahead and say it. I think it's a career best performance from Ruffalo. He's downright on. Is that with Emma Stone? Yes, it's wild. It's a great flick, and he's so fucking funny in it. So funny. Um, I'm gonna see. I'm looking to see if The Big Bang Theory is on right now because I feel like I it's, guarantee I, you it is. I feel like it's uh, on TBS. <laughs> anytime, anytime I sit down in a hotel room, if I stay at a hotel, you can be assured that one of three things, if not all three, are gonna be on TV, and two of them I might watch, and yeah. they are Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives, Impractical Jokers, and Big Bang Theory. I will watch 66% of what I have. You just would listed. watch Impractical Jokers? I love Impractical Jokers. I hate those motherfuckers, man. They uh, piss me off to no end. Dude, the um it, Sal is a is Sal Volcano is actually a really good stand-up. Look at this. Look at this. They have I can't I can't look at it. You're you're across TBS, the town. They have TBS East and TBS West. Which one do you think is playing <laughs> the Big Bang Theory? Both. No. Wait, so wait, if West is actually earlier, I think that TBS East is playing Big Bang Theory and West is playing Young Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so Big Bang... And ba TBS oh, Europe is playing Old and Terminal Sheldon. <laughs> I was about to say Big Bang Network, which is really what they should rename this. Uh, oh, yeah. TBS too. TBS West is playing Modern Family until 6.30 until, yep. The Big Bang Theory comes on. Well, I don't even like to split hairs because I think that Modern Family is absolute trash as well. I love Modern Family, man. You are you are dead wrong. It's better than Big Bang Theory, dude. Yeah, I it's mean, at least got it's at least got storylines that are, while still outrageous, somewhat grounded in reality. My my thing with Modern Family is that like a I hate the documentary framing device. I think it leads to this unhinged style of acting that like is so much winking at the camera that it just like pisses me off. Um, I think that Modern Family is one of those shows that like, uh, it's 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 better than your standard Big Bang Theory sitcoms. But it's like trying so hard to be an office or an arrested development. And it's just never going to come even close to the point that like I feel embarrassed for the performers as they're doing it. 
That's harsh. Yeah, well, I, I, that's they've harsh. taken probably about two hours of my life away from me, and uh, I, that's a waste. So they can go fuck themselves. Um, there was a Guy Fieri show on. Do you want to guess which one it was? Uh, Guy's Grocery Games. It is, yeah, yeah. Because you know what? The last couple times, if I'm being honest, the last couple times that I was in a hotel. I went to the Food Network hoping it would be diners, drive-ins, and dives, and it was Guy's Grocery Games, and I settled. I Guy's settled. Grocery Games is the weakest of his arsenal yeah. of of it's, food it's shows. It's just not there. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, but I'm you know watch what? it because I like Guy Fieri, but you know I what mean, they're trying supermarket to supermarket sweep is better. I was going to say, you know what they're trying to create is uh, supermarket sweep. Yeah, supermarket sweep is where it's which at. I loved back in the day. I preferred that to the Prices Right, and they were on right after one after another. I got to say, Price is Right is one of those shows that, and I say this with all of the respect, but um, it was always on when you were homesick from school or like the summer where we were between houses and I had to live at my grandmother's house. Uh, There was, uh, you know, Price is Right was on. And so I have a love for it then, but like as a game show, it doesn't interest me. I don't find it compelling. Yeah, me neither. It gave us Aaron Paul. I mean, he showed up on it. I don't know if it gave us Aaron no, Paul again. It gave again, it gave us. Think, uh, again, I think you need Aaron to Paul Buck. was made by the Price is Right. Bob Barker forged him in fire. <laughs> I just think that's like a lower price, bitch. Um, shit. What was I gonna say? Fuck. I forgot. Eh, well, there you go. Come on down. I just yeah, the games and the Price is Right. Oh. I think I. I would probably like Prices Right better now, just because now I have a sense of what things should cost. Because like when I was a kid, they're like, "How much for this entertainment center?" And as a kid, I'm like, "I don't fucking have any reference point for what an entertainment center costs." Yeah, I don't buy things. I'm eight. I don't. I don't like. And like when the Showcase Showdown came along, I'm like, "Fuck yeah. if I know what the hell's even going on right now." Higher, higher, lower, lower. It's like we're literally poor. You're just our, saying our TV, numbers to me. Yeah, our TV yeah. came out of the trash and it's sitting on top of the other TV that has been broken. So I don't know how much things cost. Yeah, me neither. I, I still I still don't really. I saved up allowance for a month and got a lunchable. I don't know what things cost. And actually, yeah, now if I played uh Price is Right, I would just get mad because I'd be like, well, it's fucking inflation. Well, like, a blockbuster VHS rental is obviously three three ninety nine yeah. per night. Oh, like, that's ooh, not relevant it's anymore. Seven ninety nine. Well, I would get yeah. mad because like they'd be like, "How much does this entertainment center cost?" And me being me, I'd be like, "Well, it should cost this much." But thanks to inflation, or, it costs this much. And then then they they kick me off the show. Or I'll just be like, "Listen, if you wait until the first, we can drive by Manion Gardens and see what kind of entertainment centers they <laughs> yeah. got out front because they they're dropping like flies out there." I'd be like, let's question the idea of why we even need a center for our entertainment. Right. I think we should be looking outward. Let's have an entertainment web, if you will. Let's yeah. move. Let's move beyond this studio. Let's have an Drew open Carey. concept entertainment center. <laughs> let's do this. I would say that this studio itself is a bit of an entertainment center. Would you not agree, Drew Carey? Maybe the world. The, Drew Carey show? the world is an entertainment center. The world's a stage. I think someone said that his name was Jesus, and he wrote a lot of good books, like the Bible and Young Sheldon Chronicles, the early Young Sheldon Adventures. Yes. And so we early like, Young game. Sheldon versus the Ooze was my favorite one. I mean, I guess. Uh, the, um, young Sheldon is not so far from uh, 
from a uh, quality stuff because we did have young Indiana Jones. Yeah. So like you know, it's not like they're they're and young Jeezy too well and young Jeezy yeah. and young money. That's a person I think. Neil Young. <laughs> Neil Young. Yep. Uh, Vince Neil. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. That is Neil Young. That's he still is, Neil Young. That's but the yeah, same I mean, Neil it still Young. Counts. It still counts. <laughs> forever, forever young. Forever young. Mighty Joe Batman Young. Forever. Now we're just word associating. Now we're just word associating. Associated. Press. This is. I wonder why our podcast hasn't taken off yet. What do you mean it's not taking off? I never get to look at the numbers. You assured me that we were going to be filling stadiums They're not with our good. live show. Well, that's so good. We're having yeah. fun though. Movie movies numbers are going up. So thanks to all the hey. listeners of I like to movie movie yeah. at movie movie cast. We're monetizable we dropped, now. We just dropped a. We are. Yeah. Hey, celebrate it. good times. Come on. That's right. Working on it. Between um, that and our merch, we're going to have ourselves a pizza in a few years. I know. I can't wait for that one pizza. <laughs> it's going to be good. And if we want a birria pizza, let's call it three years. Um, Yeah, we just dropped an episode over there. If you want to check it out uh, for Dr. Sleep to round out our spooky season movie collection. And let me tell you, I loved it. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's really good stuff. Um, what else you got? Oh man, I just uh, it's... I don't want to I don't want to jump into food news yet because I feel like that's usually our set our break. No, that's fine. After I, break. I I have some food news. This is like the amuse boost to our food news. So I, let's talk about this. So uh, I have started a new project, and um, it is a project of uh, every time I go to the gym, I watch a show, and so we're talking about sitcoms, and I want to talk about a sitcom right now. Uh, I go on the I go on the elliptical for about forty five minutes every day of my life except Sundays, and uh, the I, Lord's I've Day. because that's 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 Lord Sheldon's day, and we we observe <laughs> Young Lord Sheldon, Young Lord Sheldon, <laughs> the Book of Genesis, chapter one, <laughs> the Book of Bazinga, Spiral from the Book of Saw. I'm listening, but I forgot my water. Oh, it's okay. So keep listening. So I I choose a different show. Uh, it, and I just that's how I've been catching up on TV, because as a degenerate movie watcher, I don't really have time to watch TV. And so I miss a lot of shows. I know I referenced The Office earlier, and I will admit I've actually never seen The Office. Um, seen some clips. They're all funny. So fucking back off. Um, but I grew up not watching Seinfeld, because as everybody knows, we were a one TV household. If you don't count the broken TV that the TV was sitting on top of. Um, we were a one TV household, and my dad hated Seinfeld. I think it's probably related to some sort of anti-Semitism on his part, but I, I will not gonna spe- ask. I will not speculate uh, further than that. But um, actually, I can I can confirm that with quotes that I shan't say on air. But um, so since my dad chose what was on TV, uh, we didn't watch Seinfeld. But as somebody who had uh, you know an era where I was doing comedy. Um, it felt like there was, it was absent from my cultural literacy to have only seen maybe a sum total of five episodes of Seinfeld. Well, I just finished today, the first season of Seinfeld and I am planning on watching the entire series. And let me tell you so far, so good. People were right. It's a good show. I hate it. Really? You're not a fan. No. What is it that you don't like about it? um i just don't like okay so i used to like it a lot do you remember 
uh, my ex that I worked with at Chili's. Yes. She was really into Seinfeld. She had all the DVDs, and uh, I liked it when I rewatched it in that era. And that was like 2008, 2009, 2010. But then I, when it finally came on Netflix, I was so excited because I was like, she, when we broke up, she took all the DVDs. Obviously, they were her collection. So I had no access to Seinfeld for like years. And when they announced they were coming to Netflix, I got really excited and started watching it, got through like maybe six, seven episodes, realized I hadn't laughed once. And well, now, were you watching just the first season? Yeah. Because so I've no, been I think told... I skipped ahead. I think I skipped ahead to like, because I have my like favorite episodes, like the the episode with uh, the golfing on Long Island. See, where... I've I've only ever seen a handful, and yeah. now the first season. That's like which is that's five like one of the famous long. episodes because like George has a really great monologue at the end about how he got a golf ball out of a whale's uh, blowhole. So that's that was a good one. <laughs> I think I skipped ahead to like season three, middle of the season. Okay, I mean, everybody tells me that season one is weak, but like I'm enjoying it as for what it is. But like I started season two today, and it's already like heaps and bounds better. Isn't season one only like six episodes too? Five, five episodes. Five, yeah. Um, but I learned something. Like actually, so this was my big takeaway: is that the first couple episodes, the diner that they all go to, it's a different place. Yeah. And they sit at a different table. I know that there's like the booth that they sit at. They're not even at a booth. They're at some table. It's shot all different angles it's crazy um i didn't know that jerry and elaine used to used to date so that blew my yeah. mind that that's like a running thread well real quick so the reason that they they switched the uh the setting of the small setting of the diner was because when larry david was making the show he made it like very accurate to like what his stories that he wanted to tell were like that mm -hmm. actually happened to him and then when they moved to season two, when they realized, all right, this is going to be going on for a while, they made it more functional to yeah, film yeah. by by moving them to that like half booth that they cut in half. Yeah, yeah, be yeah. able to film better and like move about the space better. I remember that from like some behind the scenes video, but there I pass that knowledge on to you, Mister. I, I appreciate it. Well, what's fascinating is like I've watched Always Sunny from beginning to end probably 20 times over it's just like the best background yeah. show and one of the things that always strikes me uh when i when i go from the most recent episodes resetting back to the early ones is you know the small choices like that that are different the camera placement is different they'll use handheld where they don't really use that anymore um you know like charlie's apartment you can tell is actually an apartment building as opposed to a set there are and a lot more nip slips in season one lot more nip slips in season yeah. one you see a couple balls here and there um you know but like just like little tonal differences and so being like primed to understand these things of like what you grow accustomed to as opposed to what they initially were is really fascinating to do with something like seinfeld that i'm going in mostly blind like um like okay so there's a there's a tv trope called flandersization are you familiar yeah. with that so for the listeners, Flandersization is when a small aspect of a character becomes like their main aspect. And so everybody knows that uh, that Flanders from The Simpsons, Haddley Doodley neighbor, Haddley Doodley neighborino. 
And, um, you know, and he was just, his whole thing is that he is a, a very uptight but friendly Catholic man who occasionally throws doodly deedlies into his speech. But if you go to current Simpsons, he almost has like, 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 a, like a tick that he can't not diddly doodly needly doodly doodly. And so that's essentially what, what Flandersization is, yeah. is when a character goes from being a character to just being a collection of their most well-tested uh, stereotypes. And so watching the first five episodes of, uh, of uh, Seinfeld, Kramer is so much more normal than I know him to be. Yeah. His hair's not sticking up. He doesn't slide into the door. Um, he's a little weird. He's the zany neighbor, you know, that that archetype. But he's not the Kramer that we all know and love. And uh, so that's been fascinating to see. Like, he just seems like a normal guy. So I'm excited to watch that develop into Cosmo Kramer, the, you know, the crazy guy. Um, the other thing that's been fascinating about it is I have the uh, the privilege really of being able to watch George Costanza with full knowledge of who Larry David is. Yeah. Whereas most first run Seinfeld fans, you know, they just know Larry David as the creator of Seinfeld. This predates Curb. And I've seen so much Curb. Larry David is one of my comedy heroes. And so watching George Costanza, knowing that he is an analog for Larry David has been really a lot of fun to watch because everything he says, I just see as a Larry Davidism, yeah. which uh, I think adds to the entertainment value for me as well. And Jason Alexander is perfect in He's every so way. funny. Yeah. The thing is, everybody's funny. And the fact that Jerry Seinfeld is one of the worst actors to have ever taken up acting adds to the show. He's very bad yeah. at acting, but his comedic timing, being who he is, is impeccable. So even though his face never says anything, but I'm doing a stand-up bit in the middle of a bunch of talented actors, he still gets the timing, but he's just a trash actor. Like, trash actor. If you played a drinking game where you drink every time Jerry breaks, you'd be drunk after two episodes. It happened so many times already. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so far, I mean, like the first season, like I said, is whatever. I'm curious to see when the episodes that I have seen show up. And the three I can think of off the top of my head are Soup Nazi, of course, which I've yeah. seen. Um, the one where uh, George gets a Frogger machine and at the yeah. end he has to get it across the street. That's later like than you think. That's like season seven. That was really funny. Oh, yeah. you know, what? I can think of a fourth one. Um, the one where John Favreau is a birthday clown. And um, there's like a fire at a birthday party and George oh, shoves yeah, children yeah, yeah. out of the way to escape. He also and eats then... an eclair off a trash can in that episode. <laughs> that's such a, like, even knowing only what I know about Seinfeld yeah. so far, that seems very on. And the only other one I, I can remember is when Kramer tells the story about how he commandeered a city bus. Yeah. He's doing this, he's driving like this. And they're and like, you I'm made all the, the stops? Yeah, now I'm driving the bus. And so I pull over for a stop. You made all the stops? They were ringing the bell, Jerry! You know, like, that's... Yeah. And so I'm very excited to see all of those bits in context. And Be like, on the lookout for uh, the like Elaine dancing. I haven't seen that yeah. episode. I just know the meme. Be on the lookout for uh, the marine biologist. Okay. Uh, the chocolate babka. Okay. <laughs> And the puffy shirt are probably my three favorite. 
I'm a little bit familiar with the concept of the puffy shirt. Yeah. And I think that the puffy shirt was actually sort of reworked in Curb Your Enthusiasm because there was an episode devoted to Larry having a pair of khakis that when he sits down, it looks like he has a boner. Uh, A little bit yes and no. Like the puffy shirt was really like somebody, it seemed like somebody was trying to take advantage of Jerry's like minute celebrity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it turned out to be like now he's known for wearing that puffy shirt. Okay. In public. Oh, I'm also familiar with Master of My Domain. Oh, the yeah. The one I mean, where they, yeah. yeah, they, I've seen that and Always Sunny did the reference to that one too. After you watch an episode, go back and watch the Always Sunny episode. Okay. Because I'm, I, I think I've actually seen that episode, but just like here and there, I, I don't remember. But um, anything with um, Elaine's boss, uh, Who's played by who's the guy that does the fucking uh Wentzmister dog kennel show every year for Thanksgiving? I don't fucking know. Oh my god. Hang on. I gotta look this up. Well, while you I will also say um the uh I did start what's uh we're all familiar with letterboxd. If anybody wants to follow my jet my uh my adventure with uh Seinfeld I also made an account on serialized which is essentially letterboxed for TV and my account is just my name Dan Scully all one word and quite literally I'm only using this to chronicle my watching of the entire series of Seinfeld I've been uh, putting up reviews for every individual episode with my takeaways John O'Hurley yeah I don't know who the fuck that is you would know him if you if you saw him a couple other bits I'm familiar with. I know that at one point George is working for Steinbrenner. Oh uh, yeah, and I know that I don't know if it's Steinbrenner, but I know that he does have a boss who we never see. We only see from his point of view. So yeah, so Steinbrenner was the Yankees GM for a long, or still no, the Yankees owner. The family still owns the team, but uh, they actually brought George Steinbrenner in to. Like for the first episode where that happens, they brought George Steinbrenner in to play with uh, Jason Alexander, play like opposite him in the scene. But he was so bad that Larry David was like, "I'll just do it myself." And they only shot oh, him that's from behind. So funny. So they 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 actually brought in the real guy, but he was not. He was so not good that they had Larry David instead do a really really like overt um, impersonation of him. I love it. I mean, anything that's more Larry David, I'm into. I I love. The Sorry, there's a David. SpongeBob ad on John O'Hurley's IMDb page that was really fucking distracting me. Hey, internet, you know, stop it with the fucking ad to take up the entire goddamn screen. I see this guy's face and I do recognize him. You are correct. He's a guy that I recognize. Jesus and so, yeah, Christ! I'm waiting for like another bit I'm familiar with is Brian Cranston, the doctor who converts to or dentist that converts to Judaism. Yeah, and tries to like embrace the history. You um, anti-dentite bastard is the okay. best line that he delivers. I uh I, I don't have the context, but I know he shows up. Um, yeah, there's like all these little bits that I'm excited that I that I'm aware of that I'm excited to get the context. So maybe that'll be a segment on hot property as I move through this. We'll check in on Seinfeld progress as I go. Yeah. But I have one big bugaboo that happened in the very first episode. You got a bugaboo, do you? I have a bugaboo. And it's a bugaboo that comes from with a, bugaboo. a present day vantage point. Jerry's apartment, according to him in the very first episode, is a piece of shit because his refrigerator can't 
preserve soft cheeses. Uh, his radiator never turns off. You got to do. You got to turn on the shower water and then go do all your shopping and then come back so that the water's warm. He hates it. I think it was the first episode. And George offers him a new apartment because George is working real estate at this at this point. And he says, oh, how much is the rent? And he says, oh, it's about twice what you're paying. So they go check it out. There's a whole drama where nobody takes the apartment. And then a diner waitress takes the new apartment. A diner waitress, mind you, takes the apartment at twice the rent of Jerry's huge apartment that he thinks is a piece of shit. And the mixing of rising home costs, present day money value, the fact that I will never own a house, and the fact that New York, even in 1993, had excessive rates for rent. I was fuming by the end of this episode where I was like, I love that a diner waitress can afford an Upper West Side apartment with a fireplace in it. But I hate the fact that I'm watching these people like navigate whether or not like if her rent is twice what Jerry's rent, what must Jerry's rent be? What's the deal with New York City real estate? What's the deal? The rent keeps going up. The size of the apartment stays the same. Who are the ad wizards that came up with this one? Put my flashlight down. Ah, I'll sell you the couch. It's like Jerry, you're gonna love it. It's a it's a big apartment with lots of you know. It's just I, and oh, it was funny. Yeah, the, um, the whole time I was like, this is I'm I'm so mad because I'm gonna call it right now. Right the Kenny Francis. Rogers fried chicken episode will be your favorite Kramer episode. <laughs> okay, I mean sure. Oh, and also so far every one of Kramer's ideas, the go to the pizza shop, make your own pizza, yeah. and also the tie that if you get mustard on it, you just tear it off and pull out a new tie. I think that they are both great ideas that I would absolutely invest in. Well, let's take a break while I go read my coffee table book about coffee tables. I'm aware of that bit too. I've just not seen the episode. I know he goes on Regis and Kathy Lee for it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. This wacky episode is brought to you by another fake ad read. And this one's from uh, Roku City, the city that um, appears on your TV if you have Roku TV. um, And it kind of just pans by a lot of uh, different references to movies. Like you got Godzilla and King Kong. You got the Avengers Tower. Uh, there, there's an ad here for Target. They built a little Target in town. Um, there's adverts that go by. This is an ad within an ad read now for the Disney Bundle and Hulu. Uh, anyway, that's that's Roku City. Come and visit. And this ad's been brought to you by the Roku City Tourism Board. Uh, don't forget, it's all fake on television. Goodbye. Recording in progress. We're recording. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back in black. I hit the sand. Okay. Should we do some food news? Yeah, I'm having a lollipop. Is that going to be annoying? No, I don't think so. Just don't suck it into the mic. Oh, that is actually awful. That's the worst. That I can't hear. Thank God. Is he hearing that? No, it's good. You're good now. All right. I um that's one there, noise that I it's, hate. It's a it's a funny lollipop, Dan. It's yes. a funny one. What do you mean? Is there a joke on it? No. Well the joke's inside of it and then it makes me laugh at everything. <laughs> that's like the one you know how everybody has like their the noise that gives them fingernails on the chalkboard feeling. Yeah. 
Like fingernails on a chalkboard doesn't really get me, but you know what gets me? And let's see if it picks up on the microphone. And it's going to freak me out just to do it, but I hate this noise. Ready? I can't the suction, it. the kissy face suction noise. Ah! Oh. It, makes, it makes me feel like my teeth. Ah, that noise. Yeah. That one? Yeah, it makes me feel like my teeth are going to get sucked out of my mouth. I hate it. It made my it so upper lip very itchy. Yeah, it's one of those things. As soon as I hear it, it just makes me feel I, I like, like it makes you know the, in a movie when someone's fingernail gets like ripped off in yeah. like a torture scene. It makes me feel like that all over my body. I hate it. Oh, I hate it. Um, we don't really have a lot of food news to get through. Well, don't worry, I have some. Except for uh, I just decided that my Christmas dinner is going to be a Bachan's Japanese barbecue sauce glazed honey ham. Ooh, what's what is this? What's so special about the uh, the Japanese barbecue sauce? It is. Um, I hate to say this because it's gonna make me sound like a douchebag, but it is it's not like any barbecue sauce that, like, you should probably just throw the term barbecue sauce out of your head when you think about this sauce. It's like a very, it's a thinner, like very high in umami flavor sauce it's like a it's basically like a elevated soy sauce i was i was just gonna ask if it's like a soy yeah. sauce i think i actually might have had that before and it's that does really sound good, good for a ham glaze because i go up and down about barbecue sauce because like i like barbecue sauce on certain things but like you know when people put barbecue sauce on like ribs i'm not into it i like ribs to have a dry rub um even in like an au jus style thing like barbecue sauce for me is oh like, you oh you oh my oh mommy oh mommy that's ooh, what i mommy. Like the um <laughs> no i like uh the thing with barbecue sauce like i don't like it on barbecue things i like it on like a chicken sandwich that has like yeah. a barbecue chicken sandwich that kind of thing but the problem with barbecue sauce is that i like barbecue sauce that airs on the side of smoky and savory but sometimes you get a barbecue sauce like the McRib barbecue sauce, and it's so sweet. That's not a that's not I, a barbecue sauce. I don't like that sweet is a barbecue. jam or a jelly that they've uh, pureed into a thicker yeah. sauce. And but I've even had like like a sweet baby Ray's take on the barbecue Too sauce. Where I was like, this tastes it tastes sweet, Too and sweet. Uh, you know, and like okay, honey barbecue. Like I'll take a honey barbecue chip, but like barbecue sauce to me, like when I think barbecue, I think savory and salty and i like umami. carolina barbecue the mustard base i'm into it totally into it but um, like a more soy saucy one i feel like i feel like i've been to two japanese restaurants and i've had that type of barbecue sauce. you'd recognize the brand if you looked it up bachan yeah oh yeah i know bachan um speaking of bar- barbecue sauce um barbecue sauce boys to men is back with a barbecue sauce with uh a remix of the chili's iconic baby back ribs jingle no no <laughs> and it's good every time i think i'm out i'm not gonna pull lie. me back it's in pretty good man i'm sure it's good boys to men are awesome boys to men finish it yeah you I don't can. know what they no I, it's <laughs> Boys to Ben, BBC, BBD. I don't know what it is. We're not going to be discussing it. Oh, hang on, wait. We're not going to be discussing it. And we're absolutely singing. I will not be. No, I thought you said you were not. Hey, 
We're not singing. I want my baby back. Ah, baby back. No, 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 no. You're singing it. No, listen. I was just imitating you guys because you guys were singing. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back. Something happened. No one does it better than they do. Oh, I like that. Ho. Oh, yeah. Oh, it goes on like that for um, a while. I mean, you know me. You know I love some boys to men. Um, and I love me some baby back name, ribs. Though. They need to update the name to men to old men. Um, <laughs> I uh, But no, boys to men is legit. And boys I love to AARP. Boys to- <laughs> they're gonna sing for arp they still sound great though i love that yeah boys to men they were the progenitors of that thing where everybody sang and then one guy would step forward and like tell a little story like they'd yeah. all be singing although we've come to the end then one guy would step up like girl i was at chili's the other day <laughs> and i you know like and then he would step back and they would all step forward and like, i noticed girl, that you took the last rib and i girl, gotta say i didn't like that i didn't like that Bitch, I was rubbing one out in the bathroom given it to the you other anyway, day. Baby. I thinking about given your mama. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so they were the progenitors of that, and they were also the progenitors of having like everybody sings, and then there's always like the one member who's gonna sing like this, and like they they were the guy they were the guys that first had that guy who's like I'm going to sing like this, and I love it because they incorporated it well. It's mm, boys to men rules. Boys and Men does rule. And so does what Chili's other, Baby Back Ribs. What other foods could they tie their songs into? Oh, um, fucking shit. Because they could do like, you know, they could do like Philly cheesesteak back again. Banana, no, banana, it's just, banana, I, I got it, I got it. Putting on some prolonged cheese. It is something to do, and it's up to you. And this mentos fresh and full of life. Mentos better. Something freshness. You know, no, no, no. you got you got a voice to men it. You just sang the mentos thing. Yeah, but I want them to sing it just like that. I know that I mean honestly they could. <laughs> <laughs> they could. <laughs> or uh the Wonderball theme song. Ooh. Ooh, but with Wonder Bread? No, Wonderball. Okay, fair enough. I'm trying to think of now. I'm trying to think of a boys to men's because I was I was trying to weird outlet with you know Motown oh. Philly back again was Philly cheesesteak back again. You know the same way that oh, see, I guess we're not the, on the same page. Then I was thinking of remember the commercial for I think it was the Four Tops. They sang about uh, Kraft mac and cheese and they took their classic. It's the same old song with a different meaning since you've been gone, and they updated it to it's not the same. Old side, and it's a new side dish, Kraft mac and cheese. Oh, well, it's, it is the same, though, because it's been the same for 50 years. Yeah, but I mean, tell that to the four tops. I think Well, you know, I will dead. tell that to the four tops. All it's four the one top and then f- three other guys who are still around. And he doesn't even sing. He just sits in the back and snaps his fingers and also, holds if the that, box. If all four of them are tops, and who's getting fucked? We are, my friend, because Kraft mac and cheese has <laughs> dropped in quality over the years and increased in price. I haven't. I've never liked it. So, 
I mean, I, I've liked it, but only through like a weird form of dietary Stockholm syndrome. Like I said, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So I mean, that was that was just what it's. I did have to eat it as a kid. I just didn't like those nights. Those yeah, nights I where mean, we had Kraft mac and cheese. It is what it is. Saying, I'm looking at chicken patty because... night was my fucking jam, though. Every time we had chicken patties, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. yes. Chicken patty was great. The chicken patties rule. Oh, wait. So I guess we could have them if they, uh, Boys to Men could do like one of their, like, let's say we were sponsored by, uh, by, um, uh, Hello Fresh and Boys to Men was singing for Hello Fresh. They could do like, I'll make food for you. Like you want me to, we'll eat every night. It's a tasty good bite. I'll make food for you. <laughs> it's I'll make love to you. I I was really. It's a tasty for, good bite. Yeah, you like that? I like that. I thought you were gonna go tasty delight. Or uh, oh, tasty delight. That's yeah. better. I I was going by the seat of my pants there. I am but a boy's. I am not a man in this situation. Hey, you know what? To me, you sound like a man. Ah. Uh. Like two you had a real musical bomb mitzvah. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with one for end of the road. Uh, let's just but, move uh, on to our next food news story instead. All right. Well, you, you, that I'm going to sit here and not listen. And I'm going to try and work the phrase blender into end of the road. Okay. Well, Krispy Kreme adds new caramel pecan brownie donut and more as part of new flavors of the fall collection. I just want you to look at this uh, display, though. And okay. this spread just looks divine. I'm waiting. You got a new caramel pecan brownie donut. Whoa. An original glazed donut dipped in delicious brownie batter icing, top of candied fall pecans, and a salted caramel drizzle. This one is this one is of interest to me. The new classic, which is not the same. This is you can't name something that. The new classic blackberry crisp filled donut. Inspired by blackberry crumble from grandma's kitchen, this donut has blackberry filling. Is dipped in cinnamon icing and topped with granola. That looks so good to me. That looks so good. I gotta say though, my neither of my grandmothers ever came close to making anything like a blackberry crumble. My grandma never made a blackberry crumble, but I did do think she made a bang and apple crisp a few nice. times. Nice. My grandmother was mostly doing the spaghetti thing. And the spaghetti. Uh, she had some good spaghetti. We're not Italian at all. Irish German, but she could do the spaghetti. But there's no uh, spaghetti donut. I'm not having it. I mean, well, I would totally. Eminem just released totally mom spaghetti sauce. Yeah. True. Um, what about what about like a fabric softener? And boys to men would be like, although we've come to the end of the load, but I can't. Right, that's all I got. But I can't seem to fold. It's unnaturally stiff for me to fold. So I need some help. Oh, we've come to the end of the load. But these stains <sighs> won't go. I need, I need OxyClean. <laughs> you need OxyClean. Let's get OxyClean. We belong See, together. Like what just happened was a uh, was a classic scenario that I have where I weigh out my stance in life and my politics and who I want to be as a human being, and I weigh that against this really great joke that I thought of. And <laughs> in in that case, the joke won, even though I like 
completely uh, rip the rug out from underneath myself in the stance I wanted to take to kill that bit. But the joke was too good. I had to give it. It was too good. It was too good. Heinz reveals new pickle ketchup. Ooh, I'm listening. Pickle ketchup blends the tangy and savory flavor of pickles with the signature taste of Heinz ketchup. There's really not more to this article except for that. Okay. <laughs> Basically, I mean, what we're talking about here, Dan. That's all I need Dan, to hear, really. What we're talking about here, Dan, is exactly what you think it is. It is pickle flavored ketchup. And I need it. I'm <laughs> in. I would put it on my pickles. Dude, I think that it would like it's like the it's like the uh what was that uh the peanut butter and jelly in the same jar? Oh god, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Goober. Goobers, yeah. Goober. Yeah, yeah. goober. <laughs> this is the goober equivalent for me of hot dog toppings. Oh yeah. I do ketchup and relish. So this is just that in one jar dude i'm putting it on burgers i'm putting it on hot dogs yeah that is like because i like the textural experience of pickles but sometimes i don't have a whole lot of time and like a lot of times if you don't pat your pickles dry they're gonna they're gonna ruin the integrity of the vessel that you've built your sandwich or burger upon yep i feel like that's just an extra step sometimes i don't want to take we gotta shave these little minutes add up. They start you start shaving them off. You save what you save on pick, pickle textural issues gives you a little bit more time before you hit forty, and you're not allowed to have things like this anymore. If I'm on my deathbed, I'm not talking about uh, how much time I saved by not patting down pickles. I'm talking about the Big Bang Theory and how I hope Absolutely. this ends better than the Big Bang Theory did, <laughs> and how it's hard to say goodbye to Hellman's mayonnaise. It should have been ice cream sundaes. Oh, that's pretty good. Because it's also, actually hard. It's actually hard to say goodbye to that when most people would probably be like, I could easily say goodbye to mayonnaise. I can go without the mayonnaise. I like mayo, but I've had to say goodbye to it. I although I looked up Boys to Men on Spotify just to like get some to get some ideas in my head. And their latest signal their latest release is Baby Back Ribs Jingle from 2023. It's yes, on it Spotify. Yes, it is. That's amazing. Because you know what? You know what? The boys. You know what? It, you know what never goes out of style. Be you a boy or a man or otherwise, is making money. Making money, baby. Sometimes you got to make so money. If you just if you're a pop group known for great for your great hits like "End of the Road" or "I'll Make Love on, to You" on bended knee, on bended knee, on shredded cheese. <laughs> if if you come out with a Chili's jingle, you better be monetizing that shit. And honestly, if we're being honest. And I think we should be honest. That Chili's jingle exists in the shadow of Boys to Men. Yeah. They influenced it. So it's only appropriate that things come full circle. Plus, you know, does. you know that it had to be in the contract that they get all uh, royalty rights to Spotify streaming. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's just good. That's just good business. Speaking of good business, um, Pizza Hut is coming out swinging, even though nobody's challenging. They have a really good idea for Christmas. It's a seasoning blend. But it's like the old school. It looks like the pizza, like the Pizza Hut old school shakers of like uh, with like the chili pepper, the Parmesan shaker. Um, And you could buy this as a gift for the holidays. It looks really cool. It's vintage. It's nice. Now, here's the here's the big ticket item. Okay. 
Pizza Hut bakes new snake meat pizza in Hong Kong. That's right. Pizza Hut is putting snakes on pizza now. Nobody out pizzas the hut, my friend. Nobody fucking out pizzas the hut. I want to try this. Even Sam Jacks is probably like, I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking pizza. Dude, if they don't hire him to be the spokesman for this. And he's probably available. I've seen him in every Capital One commercial. Everything. He'll do anything. I've seen so many garbage movies that star him. He's in Garfield, the new Garfield movie as the big giant cat that is probably Garfield's dad, which I don't know anything about the plot of the movie, but I would imagine his dad abandoned him on a Monday. Did you get your tickets yet? No, absolutely not. Are you going to go see it if you get a presser? Probably not, because those movies tend to be at 10 in the morning on Saturdays. Like the press I'll go with you. That said, when I went to see Sonic the Hedgehog at 10 in the morning on the Saturday, it was like a legendary good time because children and dads alike were going insane for Sonic. And I ended up really liking the movie, too. Um, The Nine Inch Snake Soup Pizza features finely shredded snake meat, black mushrooms, Chinese dried ham, and abalone sauce. I'm not sure what abalone sauce is. Abalone is a uh, type of fish. Oh, abalone? Okay. Yeah. Snake snoot. Snake snip. Snop, snop, snake right soup <laughs> is a Cantonese delicacy commonly available in Hong Kong and China. So, let's take a trip. I, I've always wanted to go visit the Far East for a while. I would like to see Japan. I would like to see China. I would like to see uh, uh, South Korea. So, I'm into it. I'd like to see snake on pizza. Yeah, I would. I mean, honestly, we could probably make that happen. That's all I got. Oh, okay, wait, well, hang on. Kit Kat has a chocolate flourish play for the hot. Expand upon that because I Kit heard Kit Kat, Kat has a new chocolate frosted donut flavor. This just broke. This just broke two hours ago. Dude, that reminds me. I have a birthday cake Kit Kat sitting in my freezer that I bought yesterday and forgot about. Well, that's my birthday tomorrow. Is it really? Yeah. It's your birthday tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, happy birthday, man. I want the Kit Kat. Um, I mean, I can <laughs> I can arrange for you to receive a Kit Kat. I'm just kidding. No, keep your Kit Kat. I'll get my own from the store. I'm going to get you some kind of special treat for your birthday. You might not receive it on your birthday, but we're going to make some magic happen. Oh. Basically, it just means that next time I see you, I'm going to buy you a beer. Magic is great. Oh, that's fine. That's not magic. Yeah. That's just what we do. Yeah, that's how we do. But it's... The- um, it's in the nuances that you do find the magic. Yes. No, I'm going to come up with something. But yeah, I, I, oh man, happy birthday. What uh, Do you mind sharing with the audience how old you'll be? I don't know. Yes, you do. I think I'm 36. Makes sense. That tracks. Let's do I'm some 30, math. I'm 39. You do yeah, some wait. math. While you do some math, I am going to talk about one of our favorite fast food restaurants. 36. 36? Right on. So Arby's. Uh, Arby's, as we all know, and I think as we've established many times on this podcast, no other fast food joint has their finger more firmly seated on the pulse of what America wants than Arby's. Be it their seasoned have curly the fries, be it their venison burger, be it their, and their Wagyu and their, their Wagyu beef, um, be it their, their slices of roast beef that seem as if they have been taken as they seem as if they're slices of a browned and steamed Nerf ball. They they know what we want. Beef and cheddar, baby. That's what America wants is beef and cheddar. But what does America love? I think we all know the answer to this question. America <coughs> loves Good Burger too. 
the upcoming sequel to the classic yeah. Nickelodeon film Good Burger, starring Saturday Night Live celebrity Keenan Thompson, and completely disappeared. Uh, everybody thought he <laughs> completely would be the normal one. person, Kel Mitchell. Kel Mitchell, who ever if everybody bet money on which of Keenan and Kel was going to hit it big and be on SNL, we all would have lost. I know. And it turns out that Keenan is one of the best players SNL has ever had. And Kel was probably at work today. Wasn't he the longest tenured one too? I think he still is. Yeah. And, and counting. He put Tim Meadows to shame. Uh, Good Burger 2, as we all know, debuts on Paramount Plus on November 22nd. But also, to coincide with release, Arby's is releasing... The Good Burger 2 meal. That's right. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'll be honest with you. I skipped this one. Okay, well, the fast food websites, uh, we're, this is an article from uh, ksat.com by the ksat web team, which means that this is likely an AI-generated article. Uh, Arby's is the home of Good Burger 2, the meal, that is. Arby's is now selling the meal ahead of a release of the movie Good Burger 2 on November 22nd, quote, only Arby's could create a burger meal based on the best movie ever made about burgers. The fast food chain's website states, that's right, only Arby's. Only Arby's. Only Arby's could pull this off. The not, Good Burger not 2 Not McDonald's, meal. a place known for its fast food hamburgers. Or Burger King, a place literally <laughs> named after what it does ostensibly the best. Um, only Arby's could create a burger meal, a, bur- a burger meal based on the best movie ever made about burgers. They call it the best movie ever made about burgers. I bet there's a better one. I cannot think of it off the top of my head. Uh, would you like to take a guess as to what the Good Burger 2 meal includes as to how it ties into Good Burger 2? Are you looking at it right now? Because Well, you just- I, I read it earlier, but like I said, I skipped it, so I didn't have the tab open. Um, it was a, I believe it was a double smash patty with uh lt and uh some kind of special good burger sauce not even close the good burger two meal includes a burger strawberry shake and crinkle flies crinkle flies fries crinkle flies crinkle crinkle fries the burger itself is complete with a wagyu steakhouse patty a blend of 51 percent wagyu and 49 percent ground beef american cheese so we can legally call it wagyu Yes, just enough to get it across the finish line. American cheese, shredded lettuce, tomato, pickles, red onion, and burger sauce on a brioche bun. Okay, so I wasn't not even close. I was close. It was funnier for me to say it that way, though. (laughs) Many of our guests have such fond memories of watching Good Burger when they were younger. And in many ways, Arby's evokes a similar sense of nostalgia as a place they grew up to growing with family and friends. Never been. Says Ellen Rose, Arby's chief marketing officer. Partnering with Paramount Plus to offer the Good Burger 2 meal lets us connect with our audience in a relevant yet unexpected way and also showcase our deluxe Wagyu Steakhouse burger, which is a really good burger, to new fans. So uh, there you go. I'm glad that I'm glad that they told us it's a really good burger. Yeah, so we know it's really good. Really they great job. Really great press release, Arby's. The end of this article is fascinating because it actually gives a little insight into the plot of Good Burger 2. Would you like to hear it? It's so exciting. I never saw Good Burger 1. I don't remember Good Burger 1, and I only remember one part where Kel accidentally hits a lady with a golf club on his backswing that made me laugh. (laughs) Otherwise, I don't really remember much. But uh, the sequel follows characters Dexter Reed, played by Keenan Thompson, and Ed, 
played by Kel Mitchell as they reunite at the famed Ed doesn't restaurant. have a last name. It's like Cher, Madonna, Just Ed, dead. Ed the Good Burger right. guy. They reunite at the famed restaurant, this time with a new crew. Good Burger has a spinoff of the popular comedy sketch that aired on Nickelodeon's All That in the 90s. Good Burger came out in 1997. That's so there not you a go. plot synopsis. That's just, I, guess, I was about to say, that just tells us what happens. Yeah, I said that, that is, is what synopsis. a synopsis of the well, plot is. The joke really just being that, like, you know, it, there's not, there's not, it's not like Good Burger has a whole lot of legs on it. <laughs> like, there's they should have named it, they should have named it Great Burger. Oh, yeah. I think what they should have done is tied Good Burger into five guys, and then the villains would be five different guys that are each different characters, and you make each of them like a Scott different... Pilgrim? Well, sort of, but like less in terms of like trying to make a great plot and more in terms of like, okay, your one guy is played by, you know, uh, Kate McKinnon. Harvey Keitel. Yeah, your next guy is Harvey Keitel. You get a whole bunch. Next guy is Harvey Firestein. You know, your next guy is Harvey Weinstein. And you go through like classic comedian people. (laughs) Their names are just too close and they couldn't be more opposite. We love Harvey Firestein. We hate Harvey Weinstein. Um, Shit. I just had something really funny to say, but you were going out about Harvey Weinstein for too long. It was just an extra line. It's all extra Linestein. I mean, if I'm being fully honest, I'm barely focusing on what I'm saying because I'm desperately trying to tie a boys to men song to good. Burger. I know you but are. I, can't do I it. can see the I gears working. I can't do it. They're all gunked up with grease. And are we talking months. about Arby's? Arby's. Uh, is that is it good? What? Arby's. I mean. We're operating on a sliding scale here, you know, like in terms of like, like when it comes to fast food, sliced roast, roast beef sandwich, there's no one better because there's no one else. Um, I have enjoyed Arby's in the past, but it's not like, like, I don't seek out Arby's. I don't even know if I remember seeing one locally. Yeah. I mean, I, they have them in Jersey, but um yeah, I, I the last time I was at Arby's was two or three years ago during quarantine when it was my birthday. We were driving around trying to find an open driving range because that's what I decided I wanted to do on my birthday. And um, all of the driving ranges were closed, but we passed an Arby's on the way home. And I was like, let's go to Arby's. <laughs> a little treat for for Papa Scully over here. Wow. And, uh, and I ate two beef and cheddars. And uh, basically immediately forgot about them until this moment. And I, <laughs> I went home, but I do remember I went home and I forced Jenna to watch David Lynch's three hour epic Inland Empire uh, because that's it was my birthday and I wanted to watch that. And um, I'm pretty sure she uh, went to do something else about an hour into it. <laughs> and I and I watched the movie and rubbed my beef and cheddar belly and lamented that even the driving ranges were closed for quarantine. Oh shit! This is recent yeah. then. This is like two, three years ago, maybe. Oh wow! I mean, you know, it is what it is. We should go to the driving range. I would love to go to the driving range. I, I want to go to one of those. I want to go to Top Golf. The only problem is Top Golf on the weekends is ungodly expensive. Yeah. It's like 30 bucks for it's I think it's 60 bucks for an hour on weekends. But like during the week, you can go for 30 bucks. You go with two people, you each pay 15 bucks an hour. It's a good time. But like I honestly don't even need all those bells and whistles. I could just go to one of those places where you put five. I want the bells the and whistles, though. You get a bucket of balls, you just whack them and, and laugh at how far they go. 
you have a, a server that brings you chicken wings and whiskeys. See, so that concerns me a little bit about Top Golf. Like, I would like whiskey while I play golf, but I know that Top Golf, you're like on those upper layers. Yeah. Very small chance I'm not falling off of that. Well, there's nets. Hey, I don't want to have to trust a net. There's, I mean, you'll be fine. If okay. I haven't done it, you won't do it. Fair enough. Because, I mean, I, I swung out of my shoes one time trying to get. <laughs> I've, never dude, played. I've also I've also seen uh, Instagram clips of people falling off of top golf, uh, like the top level. Now, are the nets bouncy enough that you can fall off and like boom and bounce right back up and be like, whoa, that was close. They're more like you ever been to Spruce Street Harbor Park. Yeah. And they have those netting that netting over the over the river that you can like yeah, sit in it's on, like yeah. that dude i can count on both hands how many times i saw someone lay down on that and lose their phone oh yeah every it's I, great I, I every time go there to watch that happen yeah it's so good it's so good and pay eight dollars um, for a fucking slider hamburger i uh yeah it's uh it's not cheap but it is i do like that we have that in our city yeah i um fuck other yeah. cities I would be down to go to Top Golf. Jokes aside, I've never done it. I hear it's great. I hear you can play Angry Birds using golf balls, but like I haven't done that. But I guess you can. Are you good at driving golf balls? I am not. I have. It's like pool for oh, me. Man, I've got a lot of heart. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean that's all. If that matters, Chris Collingsworth <laughs> was talking about me on the football feed, like you know, he's not the most talented guy, but he's scrappy. Now I don't know why your Chris Collingsworth is Jack Nicholson. But uh, Chris Collinsworth is basically Jack Nicholson, but dialed back and sleepy. Oh, I um, I've actually I have played in a Florida swimming pool with Chris Collinsworth's kids back when I was a kid. Well, Chris Collinsworth's uh, son, whatever his son's name is, is now has now been uh, nepotized into the broadcast studio booth as well. Well, he also he's has just been, as terrible. He has been uh, Marco Poloized by your buddy dan over here because one time we were in florida hanging out in the pool across the street from my grandparents com uh, condo and we were just playing with the kids that were there and my dad pointed out that their dad was a football announcer slash former cincinnati bengal you could have killed him i mean I, probably not i think i was like nine you could have killed him maybe i don't know um i i feel like driving golf balls is sort of like bowling or playing pool where I don't have any skills per se, but occasionally I'll do it and just surprise myself at how really good yeah. I am that one day. And you'll never be able to recreate it. Never be able to recreate it. And the whole game becomes less about hitting the golf ball far and more about acting as if you did what you just did on purpose. Yeah. So that everybody thinks that. And um, yeah. It's and it's just every every once in a while it's just the the planets align and I'm sinking balls left and right, getting strikes left and right. And then there's other times where people are like, I don't think his brain is actually connected to his hands. And I'm like, Yeah, that's just how I am today. Showmanship really gets you extra points in these oh, yeah. games. Because if you if you can the more showy you can become, the more ingrained in reality that uh your actions will become. I think that all three of those sports or activities that I listed do have the benefit of like when you're a little drunk and loosey goosey and thus can have the cockiness that you speak of, it ends up becoming this like synergy that works. Did you say darts? 
Uh, I mean, darts is absolutely part of that. Yeah, darts is in there too. I am afraid of darts, so I tend not to do it because I'm afraid I'm the guy who's going to throw it and then it's just going to like catch an updraft and kill a kid. And I'm like, fuck, man. I was so just you're like, not an axe thrower either then? I've never done that. I would like to. It's fun. Um, yeah, it looks it looks like fun and I suspect I might be good at it, but I don't know. I, I have absolutely no reason that. Um, I'll tell you a funny story from back in the day. When I was 24, the first place that I lived in outside of my parents' house in Collings or in Westmont, New Jersey. And one night I came across a pretty powerful tab of acid and I had nothing to do. So I just did that. I took the acid and um, I went to my uh, my uh, pot dealer's house at the time and I was hanging out there. And I said to them, like, listen, I just took a tab of acid. So if it kicks in, I might just up and bounce. And that's just me bouncing. And they were like, yeah, that's fine. You know, don't worry about it. And so we're hanging out. And then one of their friends came over and brought their kids. And I was like, I got to go because I'm not like, this, yeah, this is going to be it's going to be a whole thing. So I went home and my roommates were all watching Harold and Kumar. So I sat on the couch and was like crying with laughter at Harold and Kumar because the trip was coming on. But then it got to be too much. So I just decided to wander. And I ended up at my corner bar at uh, at uh, Brewers, it was called. And there was a pool tournament. So I entered the pool tournament. Oh, no. And I was like, I'm tripping. I threw back a couple shots, got myself like in the zone. And I was like, all right, I bet I can do good at this pool tournament because like I'm in that vibe. And I am not exaggerating when I say that I was eliminated from the in the first round because not once did I manage to connect my cue to the cue ball? Oh my God. <laughs> I like lined up and I was just like, no, I'm not. Here we go. Hey, throw in the corner pocket. I really thought you were going to say, and I won the whole thing. Nope. I did nothing, nothing of the sort. And then I remember though, I was feeling, I was feeling good. So as soon as that was done, I was like, all right, I lost the tournament and I went out front and I was standing in front of the bar and, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Steve Miller Band was playing inside the bar on the jukebox. Yeah. It was um, uh, fuck. What's the name of the song? The Joker. It might have been the Joker. It was a Steve Miller Band song. I remember that, and I remember the I was only just standing one I know. Up, I was standing out front, like having a good time, and then something in the corner of my eye jumped into my vision, and since I was tripping, it scared the hell out of me, and I like jolted and I turned and it was just the American flag blowing in the wind. And in that moment, my tripping brain, I saw that I heard Steve Miller Miller band. I was just like, yeah, baby, this is the dream. And I I very like coherently remember just being like, I got this whole life thing figured out. Don't we? Don't we, Dan (laughs) Scully? Yeah, that's right. This is what the world wants and you're living it, my friend. And I just, I had like this very real moment of like Americana that existed entirely in my brain. And I know fact that if a third person viewed what was going on, they would be like, this guy damn near stabbed someone with his pool cue and he's (laughs) acting all cocky about it. And he's laughing, oh, he's leaving, he's leaving. And then they see me out front and they're like, He's fucking twitching. You just, <laughs> just have one fist raised in the air like uh, what's his name from Breakfast Club? Yeah, yeah. He's twitching. He's looking at the American flag. He's chewing on a pen, but I think he thinks it's a cigarette. What's going on over here? I think and the now credits he's are rolling in his mind. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was having the best moment. And like in hindsight, it was just like, no, nah, I was just being a fucking 24-year-old asshole who, uh, <laughs> who, who stumbled across a tab of acid because that's what you do. <laughs> 
man life used to be so fun and now it's just a chain of misery yeah everybody's dying (laughs) well you can uh, follow everything I do at scullyvision.com. You can, of course, check out this show at Hot Property Pod on all of the things. You can uh, check out our other show, I Like to Movie Movie, at Movie Movie Cast. Um, yeah, you can follow my letterboxed at Dan Scully. And now you can follow my serialized at Dan Scully as well uh, as I work my way through Seinfeld. So uh, enjoy that. I'm really having a lot of fun with it. Maybe I'll do Wings next. I don't know. Follow my dog at BBA underscore the Corgi on Instagram. And if you don't, I will find you. I have a certain set of skills. And that's been Hot Property. And as always, it's It's got got to be be good. good. And it's got got to be be live. And Lollipop's treating you well. It's still going. Oh, I just do a little bit at a time. You just set it on the table? Yeah, I have a little ramekin here to set it in. Oh my god, you got a ramekin! Nice. Yeah. Nice. A little ramekin. Right. Well, goodbye. Ram- Rami Malik. Ramekin Malik. Ramekin Malik. <laughs>